0: You're listening
1: to KC Forum with Kathy Quinn, Public Affairs, with an entertaining spin.
2: Hey, everyone. Yeah, you heard it. Kathy Quinn here from Fox 4. And uh, this is my very first KC Forum podcast for Fox 4 to talk about public affairs with an entertaining spin because I love to talk. I love to uh, inform people and I just love to do what I do every single day, and now with this podcast, I'll be able to share a lot more. For example, I will be talking to a young lady today in our health segment about her alopecia. This is something that uh, she didn't realize that she had, but she wants people to know that you can survive it. She's got a very, very inspiring story. And speaking of inspiring story, Rosalind Temple from Mothers in Charge. She lost her son several years ago. He was murdered. It's never been solved. But she's trying to help people out in the community. And uh, she gets called out for every homicide by the police to try to help these families deal with what's going on. If you've just tuned in, this is my very first podcast here for Fox 4. I'm Kathy Quinn. I have J.J. Miraboli with me. How are you, J.J.?
1: Oh, good morning. You know what? I have my mask on right now. There's a big <laughs> smile I tell everybody when I'm walking through my dining room right now uh-huh. and talking to my guests. I am so happy to be back to work. Wow. You don't understand. I can't tell you. I mean, you can see the excitement in my eyes and maybe my forehead. <laughs> <I think. laughs>
2: Jasper, it has been crazy at Jasper's. So you were closed oh down gosh. how long?
1: So we actually were open. We, uh, we, we're, we closed the restaurant on mm. the 16th. We kept the carryout in and, uh, and curbside going until uh, April 1st. Mm-hmm. And then we actually closed the restaurant from April 1st until May 1st, opened back up for carryout and curbside, which has been a godsend. And then we did it in four phases because my father always told me, you know, it's like whenever we open a new restaurant, we never open up all together and just go gangbusters, especially right now. So we opened Marco Polo's just for carryout. And then we did Jasper's just for carryout. Then I opened up Marco Polo's inside 15 days later and in june 1st i opened up jasper's Mm -hmm. only for dinner just three hours a night and what a great response we've had people are really respecting that the six foot distancing Mm uh you know we only have 50 percent of the restaurant going Mm -hmm. and everybody who comes in here tells me i feel so safe here i feel i feel good i haven't been nowhere else and I feel like you know I can eat here and have, don't have to worry about everything. And that's the way we want to make you to feel. They even say I feel like I'm back at home because you know that big restaurant chain. They stole my name, year. They stole my phrase years ago when you're here, your family. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but you've always been like that. Your family's always been like that. It's always like you come in and you feel like you are part of it.
1: Exactly. Yeah. That's the way we want you to feel. You're here in our home. We live here fourteen, fifteen hours a day. Uh, a few hours less right now, uh-huh. which. I don't think anybody really minds that part, but um, business wise, I can't believe because of the carryout
3: mm-hmm. and
1: the, and the curbside that we're at seventy five percent of what we were last year, and I am wow. so grateful to the Kansas City community. I mean, we are so fortunate. Oh. My employees are back, and you know, I know there's so many businesses have lost; they're they're yeah. not there no more. Yeah, I, and, and I so know we're just happy to be back.
2: And I know JJ that your employees are very important. You've had them there. For People have been there for 30, 35 years.
1: Oh, they're family. I mean, every Mm -hmm. day we will talk, my chef and I, and three of the other mainline cooks, talk every single day, texting back and forth. Our (laughs) servers, how's everything going? Do you need anything? We open up the kitchen if you want to come eat. We open here. Take groceries home. You Mm -hmm. want a meal? Please come by for carryout. I'll feed you, your family. Come get lasagna, spaghetti, whatever we're making and take it home because, you know, you don't want to see anybody go hungry. That's I'm a feeder. That's my whole life. Come on.
2: <laughs> okay, so it was tough on the service folks, you know, the waiters, the waitresses. Um,
1: oh, yes. Man, gosh, what what a crazy time. Thank God for the unemployment. Thank God mm-hmm. for the extra $600. Mm-hmm. I think they survived. Um, it's time for everybody to come back to work, though. I know a lot of my friends in the industry are complaining that a lot of people don't want to come back to work because so they're making that money at home right now,
3: uh, but
1: that was for that time. Mm-hmm. But now you know what? Go back to work. People <laughs> are out; their jobs are there,
2: and that, and that's what thats what the United States is all about,
1: right? Exactly. We're not people who sit home and sleep, and you know, and, and Americans are not lazy people. Come on,
2: no, not at all.
1: And there comes a point where it's time to go back out. It's time, you know. My mother is 91 years old. She knows everything about our business. <laughs> this morning she called. She said, how was sales last night? I told her, what'd you do? That's like a common saying, what'd you do? How much, how much did you take uh-huh, in? Uh-huh. How many people? I said, Mom, I don't, I don't remember. I can't, you know. But here's a lady, 91 years old, <laughs> who knows what's going on. But I don't want her to leave the house right now. Yeah. She's in quarantine. So if you're above a certain age with the kids, I got a grand, new grandbaby. Mm-hmm. I don't want her to leave the house. But everybody else, we need to go out. And we're Americans. We, we're we human beings. You socialize. You eat together. That's part of life.
2: And, and, and you're taking precautions the way you have to. You know, there are requirements. You have to wear the mask, the, the six feet apart, the tables and all that. Um, thank goodness you're at 75%. You know, as as you mentioned, I've I've talked to other businesses, and they just can't reopen. They just can't do it.
1: No. Well, we couldn't do it when they first had the 10-10-10. Mm-hmm. And one thing about the mayor, I called him immediately. I'm very vocal, Kathy. as you know. <laughs> and I said, I said Mayor Quinn, I said you have to. I I know him from my daughter went to school with him at Barstow. I said, he 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 immediately said, Jay, this isn't going to work for restaurants. I said, no, it's not. I mean, common sense. So mm-hmm. he gave in. The 25 percent did not work. I'll be honest with you.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, you know, go in the restaurant management school, business. If you don't have 65% of those seats full, then you're not going to be in business, and that's just part of it. And for some places like a narrow dining room, you know the coffee shops are very small. They're still not open because you still can't do 50% and six feet social. Mm-hmm. So thank God for the uh, for the carryout. I mean, it's been difficult. We've learned a new thing. You know, we have online ordering now. So. Is there a silver lining out of this? I don't know.
3: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I want to think there is. I just want it. I want it to be normal. Kathy, you're not going to believe this. We're closing for vacation next week. How can a restaurant, been in business 66 years, been closed down, let's just say the whole place. In reality, yeah, we were closed mm-hmm. for two months or so. And then closed vacation because I want it to be normal again.
3: Yeah. And
1: for 66 years, my father gave everybody all 4th of July week. So I, we, it was a hard decision, but I told my brother Leonard, Leonard, I'm not changing things. Yeah, Dad would have done it. We had to keep it going, and we've lost enough already. So you're going to lose a little more three, four days. Big deal. Sometimes, you know, it's not all about the money. Let's just get back to normal and family, friends, being together. Fourth of July, it's not Christmas. It's not New Year's. But, hey, I think it's going to be the biggest Fourth of July ever because people are going to be together with their families and let it go and just, you know, just enjoy yourself and stay, you know, and, and, and respect, you know, the six feet. Uh, if you're out in public, that's what really bothers me. Kathy, my uncle passed away 96 mm. years old. Mama could not have a funeral for him. She's the last sibling left. Aww. Seven boys and girls.
3: Aww.
1: Now, you, you know what I said? And I, I didn't mean to be mean about it, we probably should have gone to Home Depot and had the uh, you know, we could have all been together, places packed, you know, so.
2: It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. That's another show.
1: That's another show. This place is open. This place is not, you know, so, hey, we're open. We're trying to take care of our customers, and they are very, very happy. I've never seen people so grateful, and taking care of my service, oh, my God. They're tipping too much. I told some of them, come on.
2: <laughs> well, but we appreciate it, so that's great. No, well, oh, there's ha- no
1: doubt about it.
2: You have a wonderful Fourth of July weekend with that grandbaby, and it's been great talking to you. What's the special? What's the
1: special people should come uh, in if they come in? What's new? You know, Kathy, right now it's all about summertime, summer pasta, and my pasta and melon. With melon and prosciutto ham, with pasta, believe it or not, 30 years on the menu It's one of the best dishes around. Ah,
2: order me up one. I'll come pick it up.
1: (laughs) Oh, thank you, Kathy. Love you guys. Thank
2: you, guys. All right, we got more on the way. Stay with us. Hang on. There's more on the way with Kathy Quinn and KC Forum.
3: T1D looks like my brother. T1D looks like a friend.
1: Type 1 diabetes can be living in anyone.
3: Type 1 diabetes is when
1: your pancreas doesn't produce insulin. It's not caused by your diet. It's not caused by anything you did. Type 1 diabetes can be very serious.
2: Blindness, amputation.
1: Help JDRF find a cure today. Learn more about Type 1 diabetes at JDRF.org.
2: Joining me now is Miss Rosalind Temple from Mothers in Charge. Rosalind, how are you doing?
4: I'm doing good, Kathy. How are you doing?
2: I'm doing very fine. And, you know, Rosalind and I see each other because she gets called to all the homicide scenes with Mothers in Charge. She's been involved since her son was killed several years ago, never, never figured out what happened. But she tries to help other families. Right now, though, I'm finding, Rosalind, I want to talk to you not only about the protests, but, you know, the homicide rate right now. What in the heck is going on in Kansas City?
4: I, I I really don't know. I don't understand, but I just I, I don't think it's uh anything with the pandemic. I just think that this is what we do. I think it's just moving fast because people, ha- people have got a little bored, you know. And I think the uh, gun sales went up. Like I always say, guns don't kill people. People kill people. Um, today we're at 90 homicides. I think it's just, it's just we just have a problem. Wow. And until we address this issue, put the tension back on our communities of us killing us, um, mm-hmm. um, the homicide rate is nothing going to change. Okay,
2: you just said us killing us. So you're thinking there's another... What is the problem then within the community that you think is there? You've talked about this before.
4: I just think that we don't know how to deal with conflict, you know, uh, to, to agree, to disagree, to walk away and be okay. People don't have to agree to what you want them to agree with, but we can come to some kind of understanding where we don't have to come back and kill each other. You know, mm-hmm. we deal with a lot of, a lot of mental health issues. Uh, a lot of trauma, Um, it's so much just this division in our communities that we're not addressing these things. Like, I go back back to it starts in our homes, and I keep Mm -hmm. saying it starts in our homes until we address our homes, what's going on in our homes, and our children, and our family members, our loved ones, it's nothing going to change. You know, and I think that where a community, as communities outside Kansas City and inside Kansas City, all around this country, we, things are happening. Yes, they are. But we also got to go back to address what is going on with us. And,
2: you know, I had heard some other folks talking. Um, there were a couple of interviews where they were saying back in the 60s, late 50s, 60s, 70s, uh, talking just particularly about black families. They were headed by the male, by the father, um, you know, 80 percent. But now it's opposite. It's only 20 percent. And they say this is a problem. Because the young boys, the young men, don't have role models.
4: Well, I, I, I believe that back in, the, back in them days, it was the, men, the males were in the homes, you know. But I got to go back. My mother, I was raised by a single black um, a, a mother. You know, it was seven of Seven of us, and I was the oldest, you know. we. I think people make bad choices. We can, but I just can't take it back to the mills. We mm. have to be a, a, accountable for our actions. That's the problem. No one is accountable. Back in the day, people was held holding people accountable. And, and, and as, a, as a village, people... You, you, just think, you just think go home and get in trouble. The whole village, the whole neighborhood will, will address you if you were doing things wrong. Mm-hmm. See, nowadays people turn their heads and say, it's not my business, it's not my child, I don't have time for it. I don't care. Well, we got to go back to caring. Because, you know, like, I go back to God God's love, you know, all around the board. until we, like I said, it goes back to addressing our issue and speaking up and telling them the truth.
2: Nothing, nothing just is not, not going to change. Okay, so what can people do? Give us the the simplest thing that people can do, and, and how can other people help?
4: You know, it starts out with leadership. You know, it, it goes. It's, it's, this is so deep, really. You know, with leadership, people is in, in, holding, uh, looking for one. Look at our president. I'm just gonna keep it real. You know, look at our president. If you acting as leadership, not doing what you're supposed to do, uh, you you you. You you have this following, and so if we in leadership in our homes or in organizations and in any kind of leadership, we have to do the right thing because people are always if people are looking at us, you know, kids are looking at us, you know, and it goes back to that. So we have to address if we're not doing what we're supposed to do. People need to, we need to be addressed. We need be told the truth. Speak life. I always call it life. Speak life into people, you know. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people know they're not going to be happy with what you say, but at least you know that you did the right thing. You told them the truth. And later on down the line, maybe the, the bulb will click on, the light bulb will click on, mm-hmm. and they would get and their stuff together. But we just don't hold people accountable. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we always want to address someone else. What about us? What about in our homes? You know, we start there. It's started yeah. before they go to the streets, but just a, a village, bringing a village back together. People helping one another, being there for one mm-hmm. another. Respect, respect, respect. It's a lot of respect. It's the
2: respect. And so um, that comes into play. We will talk about uh, just real briefly because we talked about the protests, which is you say you agree, uh, yes, with what they're saying at the you know Black Lives Matter protest, that type of thing. But you were saying, where are they? We need them on the east side. We need them to come and, and, and solve these homicides. We need them to prevent these homicides. So, yes, you made your voice known. Now come and help your community.
4: Yeah, black lives matter. They definitely matter. But all black lives matter. Just not when, you know, definitely when, when authority uh, has have, have to be held accountable for doing something to black people. But we also, as black people, we got to make sure our lives matter. We got to come together and stand together and stick together with one common goal. Just a common goal, you know. Like I said, you don't have to like me, but respect me. Man, I I haven't heard it. Human life.
2: I have not heard it like that. That's perfect. Your life matters. You've got to make your life matter.
4: Absolutely. Yeah, we we have to make our lives matter. You know, we we take it to the streets every day in our community. We are killing us. Mm -hmm. And that's why killing us, I mean us. We got to bring the tension back. We got to stop killing us. We got to come together and stand together and be this black race that we can be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That we can be. We We deserve the tension we need. We deserve but we deserve justice, but we also got to give justice to each other.
2: Ah, That's it. I think that's the key, the respect to each other. And, you know, we did a story recently with the East Zone, the police officers over there, and that community stood up for those officers. That community went to the people who wanted to come and, and maybe do some damage to the uh, You know, the police station there at 27th Prospect, they go, hey, we, we will walk with you in protest. While we respect what you're doing, you will respect our police and you won't hurt them and you won't damage the station. And they didn't.
4: And I I respect that. I heard about that, and I respect that so much, that they did uh, stop them protesters from coming, destroying the police department, did not let them uh, Mm -hmm. burn up um, the East Patrol Police Department. The neighbors was right. That's what we got to do on all ends. We got to come together from the protests um, in in our communities. Mm -hmm. We got to not let no one come in and destroy what we have or take our life, but we also can't take our own life ourselves.
2: Exactly. Roslyn Temple, Mothers in Charge. How can people get involved with Mothers in Charge and what do you all need? Do you need volunteers? What do you need?
4: We need volunteers. We definitely need volunteers. Um, We're located at Robert J. Mohawk Mental Multipurpose Center, 3200 Wayne, Kansas City, Missouri 64130. Our office number is eight one six nine one two twenty six zero one. Suite one twenty four West. We're looking for volunteers. We also have our Unity Awards that's coming up mm. in October. You know, um, so go go on our website, uh, Casey Mothers in Charge Mothers with dot no and look okay. us up and. And and give us some support, please. We need support.
2: And, you know, you're supporting the community every single time you get called out by the police. And thank you so very much, Ross. And we'll talk to you soon. And please stay safe.
4: All right. Thank you, Kathy. Stay safe, too. we got
2: more on the way. Stay with us. Hang on. There's more on the way with Kathy Quinn and KC Forum. I don't look any different than you, but I have type 1 diabetes.
0: You can't outgrow type 1 diabetes. It's not caused by your diet, it's not caused by anything you did. It's kind of hard to live with it. It's not easy. I do need to check my sugar a lot, my levels.
1: If you see someone with an insulin pump or pricking their finger and you want to know more
3: about T1D, just ask them. T1D looks like me. T1D looks like me. Learn more about type 1 diabetes at JDRF.org. Joining
2: me now on KC Forum, Tanika Cherie, with a a very interesting story. I mean, uh, this is a woman who has uh, a force to be reckoned with and has had so much happen in her life. She's helped people and now she's trying to help people again. I mean, you have had so many things happen in your life and you still smile and you still want to help people. Uh, What is it that inspires you?
0: You know what inspires me is I remember as I was going through all the different difficulties off and on, um, how low I actually got to where I was almost self-assessing myself to say I understand why people get to a point where they consider suicide. I understand why people, um, you know, may turn to other things or whichever. But what worked for me was me reaching out to my family and my community and to the church To help me because when I was at my weakest point, I I had no strength. I couldn't do it. And so it was a matter of just, like, um, being vulnerable and saying, I need help. And at that time, everyone else helped and kicked in and helped my my children and I. And so I feel like, um, and that's only, like, a small piece of it, but I feel like I figured something out. And I have to share. I have to help people. And so we're, we're
2: talking about when you became widowed. You became a single mom. Is that correct, Tanika?
0: Yes, I did. Yes, I did. In 2013, my family and I moved from Indianapolis to Denver, Colorado. 2014, my husband closed his restaurant down. He was an executive chef, and we moved to Denver um, because at the time I was the lead in a major stage production there. And almost a year to the date um, that we moved there, September 2014, my husband came home. It was. Uh, had a sudden heart attack. I didn't know he was having a heart attack. I actually thought he was just kind of laying down, and um, I went to give him a kiss, and that's when I knew, you know, something was, um, oh. you know, was different. And he made every attempt to save his life, but we, um, you know, we lost him that day. Oh. And our, our lives were forever changed. How,
2: um, how many children did you have at the time?
0: So I have two sons, and they were 7 and 12 mm. at the time.
2: Oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. But... What is it? Is it your faith that helped you? What What would you give advice to folks out there?
0: It was my faith, and it, it really stretched it. I I, I grew up um, in church. I you know I've loved the Lord and had served Him you know all my life. And so even though I went through all of these things, I still leaned on Him. But I, it's okay that you question Him. I, I asked Him, um, you know, why I had to go through the things that I went through. And um, there was times when I was angry with Him, but I never I never walked away. Because each day he gave me strength. There was a point in time, Kathy, in, in, um, in Denver, where I was living moment by moment. I grieved when my kids left school. And then I would grieve during my lunch hour. And then on the way home. But then I had to keep it together to an extent for my children so that they could still feel that mom was if things were going to be okay. Right? Mm-hmm. They still found, you know, we grieved together, mm-hmm. but still. And then at night was when I was just lose um, it, And so I... I really feel like this whole <laughs> reading, moment by moment, that's the only way I can explain it to you. All right, All so many.
2: what we're talking about right now is Tanika Cherie and uh, her story, many stories of survival, child loss, widowed, cancer scares. And it says the list goes on and on. Your motivational speaker as well, and then your latest with your issue with your hair. Um, yes. People don't realize, women don't realize, or we do, men don't realize what hair means to a girl, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. it's, it's our, like, we're like lionesses. We've got the beautiful mane. And so tell your story so that you can help other people out there, please.
0: Okay. So um, the beginning of the year, I felt like maybe my hair was thinning. I mean, I couldn't tell. My hair is not very thick or full anyway. But once I noticed um, in February or March that my hair, even though it was long, was thinning and you know more and more every time I would comb it. So I called my doctor. She had me come in immediately and took blood work, and they were like, "You're extremely vitamin D deficient." And they put me on um, fifty thousand I don't know if it's units or what it's called for thirty days. But then she was like, "I need you to go to your your your, your gynecologist." So she comes back and was like, "Oh yeah, also by the way, you have this which, which was hormonal as to why my hair." Was- was thinning, but they were like, "Well, we need you to go to the dermatologist." and when they did the biopsy, that is when um, it came back that I had CCCA, which is a form of alopecia that's only um, common in women of color and it's progressive. And so all of this happened, and no one knows. Kathy, through all of that, I did a contest, a selfie contest on for Mother's Day for women. Um, but when I did that, I was actually losing my hair, and I actually was crying. Actually, before I put the contest. Together, So it's all this time, February, March, April, May, um, I was losing my hair and I'm still writing inspirational stuff and I'm crying. And I'm writing, you know, and I'm speaking, but yet I'm crying and losing this hair. And so I would wear a wig and um, whatever a woman does to her hair is beautiful, but it's not my preference. So that, along with hot flashes and my hair is thinning, it was just amazing. So two weeks ago, I did the big chop. I didn't have to, but I cut it because my doctor is so awesome, and now we're treating it topically and we're treating it, you know, with medication. It's under control. I I actually have had no more shedding. But when I look in the mirror, I don't look the same to me. I don't, you know, usually my my pictures, I have his hair and and all that. And so this is taking adjustment. But um, women need to know about alopecia and how to care for it and it's not just self-care you really need to partner with your doctor
2: and and, but but you were trying to say you know you have insurance other people don't why they could probably go to a clinic you know there are a lot of clinics around here where they could do it but they may think okay it's stress or it's this you didn't realize what it was
0: no, there's inflammation that happens in scarring, and they can only see it under the microscope. What's dangerous about this disease is that I didn't have any itching, burning, hurting, nothing. Nothing was happening. And so sometimes when women's hair thin, they're like, "Oh, girl, I'm just stressed out." You don't know that. <laughs> and you are right. There are women who do not have medical insurance. So how do they receive the care? And I do know for the first 30 days, they did have me use men's role game which is not just for men mm-hmm. um the phone and um but there's so much out there um you know for care but my heart really goes out for those who don't do not have a um,
2: insurance and for people who are not yeah. even thinking that it's a problem you you may have right. you know people may have lived years with it before so how are you doing now tanika
0: I'm doing great. Um, again, no more hair shedding. I, I cut my hair. and getting used to that. But um, I decided to stop crying and just to fight. I'm like, okay, so I have to lose all my hair. <laughs> oh, I wanted to save a little. My was put it inside an envelope. I have this envelope full of hair. I only needed a small portion. But, um, so now I want to use it to inform women. I'm like, how do I get out there and tell these women that this is what this is? you know, and just support them through it. But I mean, you know, you
2: are gorgeous. If you people, you (laughs) can't see here, here, because we're on uh, doing this podcast. You are absolutely beautiful. You look like a queen. And uh, so will your hair, will your hair grow back at all?
0: Um, absolutely the yeah. um, I'm taking a very very good vitamin you can only get from your doctor and I'm actually taking um, a pill or something that actually encourages the hair growth and then the other medicine keeps the inflammation down so I believe it's going to grow back but right now I'm almost starting to think I'm halfway cute when I look <laughs> at it, but I, <laughs> I have mixed emotions um, yeah Tanika you're I beautiful
2: I'm looking at you, you. and um, so she teaches transformation from life love yes. and loss and It's almost like, God, I love you, but do you have to give me another thing to deal with? I mean, you've been through a lot.
0: Um, I actually have said that um, because the cancer scare, which was benign, was November and then after that, because both my parents passed away of cancer, my mother breast cancer, my father um, had pancreatic. So I um, was approved to get genetic testing, which a lot of people don't know about. Mm-hmm. And this testing is amazing where they check your chromosomes and all of that. So getting through that and then for February to start, my hair start, you know, thinning and, and losing it, it was just, it was too much. And I, I said, because of my relationship with him, I was like, God, I was like <laughs> I, you know, I really asked you. Could I not go through anything for a while? Like, I needed a break. <laughs> right. But his, <laughs> so because his grace is sufficient, and because he has a greater plan in store, mm-hmm. I pretty much kicked the devil in behind. I was like, you know what? Since you're going to take my hair here, have it. It's not mm-hmm. going to stop me from helping women and empowering women and encouraging them. This is hard. I cried. Oh, my god. On top of the fact, even in November, when I had the biopsy, that hurt. Anything. So yeah. you just you just get tired. But I have a choice. I feel to live the rest of my life making the best of it to help other people. So maybe they don't have to go through or want to through. Maybe someone won't take their life or deal with depression right, or right. I could sit there and just wallow. I, I can't. I'm sorry.
2: Well, and you know what? Do- um, you normally during the day, you are a workforce specialist working with immigrants and refugees and yes. you're also a motivational speaker, published author and writer. And you have a lot to say, and you better get it out there because there are people that need that help. And I can just imagine the refugees and the immigrants that come to this country, and they're, they don't know what to do. I mean, they're just bewildered, many yeah. of them. So that's wonderful work that you do. Thank you so much for that. So if people want to find out more about where you're speaking or about your book, where do they go?
0: They can go to, um, I'm on all social media platforms under I am. Tanika Cherie. And then also my website is www.iamtanikasherie.com.
2: Good girl. Thank you so much. I'm so glad I got to meet you.
0: Thank you, Kathy.
2: All right. Good luck. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. right, And we'll talk to all of you out there soon during my uh, number two podcast. This was number one. Kathy Quinn here at Fox 4. This is Public Affairs with an Entertaining Spin. And we talk about all sorts of things that are going on in the community. We talk about the homicide rate this week. We talked about businesses getting back to business. And then, of course, an inspiring story to help women out there with uh, part of their health. All right. So if there's something you'd like to find out about, why don't you uh, drop me a line? Kathy.Quinn at Fox4KC.com. And just want to thank the elders for allowing us to use their music for our bumper music as well. Katie Connors, our executive producer, and Dreena Byrne, associate producer. This podcast produced by KQKC, Broadcasting Music and Educational Foundation. Until next time, see ya.
1: It's KC Forum
3: with Kathy Quinn.